Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 20. As I always like to do at the beginning of every show, because it works. Please subscribe, download, rate, review, leave a review, drop a couple words, say how much you're enjoying this. It gives me wind into my sails, so do it. We have a great show coming up. We are at the crossroads of soccer, the Euros wrapping up in a week, Copa America the same, and then there is the birth of the Gold Cup, and we will be joined in the business end by Stu Holden of Fox Sports, their lead analyst Great former U.S. international player. And uh, we will discuss the 23-man U.S. roster. Coming up on the Soccer OG, we will be discussing the teams. Preview the entire event. Make sure to check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. And uh, I will be at some of the venues. Hope to be there at the final as I was in Las Vegas last week. And we'll be talking what I feel could be one of the biggest... Gold Cups we've ever had, depending on the results. In stoppage time, uh, we had Eric and Keith breaking down the Euros because of Stu joining me. I will break down the four quarterfinals and talk a little about the Copa America and all things soccer. So, without further ado, let's go. We are back. Uh, I'm joining you on 4th of July. Only time I could record this. So I hope you're all having a good 4th of July. I will say I live here in Redondo Beach, California. Shortly after recording this, I'm going to have a sparkling water and get on the bike with my son. We're going to go down to the beach. We have three or four friends down there and we're going to stop over. That's what you do in the South Bay. Back in the day. Now, uh, I turn on the channel of ESPN. They have the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And first of all, they got to get rid of that thing. A... Nobody can compete with Joey Chestnut. He wins every year, so not interested. It's like watching the U.S. women basketball in the Olympics. I just can't watch because there's no competition. There's none. So there's that. And then the guys that do want to compete with him, and I didn't watch it this year. I will not watch it ever again. They come in like they're wrestlers, like they're, we're supposed to know these guys. And they're, and they're charlatans. And then it's disgusting. So the reason I bring that up is there's a 4th of July tradition in Hermosa Beach that I did a couple times back in the day, this being 2001, 2002. It is the Hermosa Beach Ironman Triathlon. And what you do is you run a mile on the beach, then you paddle a mile on a board. And if you haven't paddled on a board like I haven't really, it is impossible. It's not difficult, it's impossible. You really have to build your sea arms for that. I'm a pretty strong guy. But that is difficult. So your blood is pumping. I, I eventually ended up, I, I, I battled about half a mile and I got off the, I got off the water because I was falling so far back from all these professional beach dudes. You get off of that and then you have a six pack of beer waiting for you and then you drink it. And what follows is uh, absolute chaos. It is grotesque, but it's something you have to watch. Vomit, projectile vomit coming in every direction. Friends vomiting on other friends. I just think if we're going to have something grotesque like shoving 75 hot dogs down your gullet, then why not that? Let's start a new 4th of July tradition. There's no, the other thing is there's no sports going on. Wimbledon takes this day off, this Sunday. 
Uh, the Euros come back on Tuesday, Copa America as well, but that's fine. This is a day we should be getting out. I can't believe I'm sitting here recording this pod for you on, a, on 4th of July, which is also the birthday of my mom. I know she listens sometimes, so, Mamá, te quiero, felicidades, y te veo muy pronto. My mom bought a place in Mérida, Mexico. I'm getting up there probably Thanksgiving. I can't wait. It is a hidden treasure in Mexico, and if you're a little older like me, there's no loud music, there's no narco-traffickers, it's chill. I'm all over the shop here, I do apologize. So, um, I've been enjoying, the Euros have been great. By the way, the ratings, ESPN is backed themselves into this incredible semifinals. Really, I guess you, maybe having France instead of Spain would have been uh, a better push because of, it's the world champs. I think you could say maybe if Ronaldo was in there, but Portugal never really threatened. But to have Italy and Spain and then have England versus Denmark from Wembley, they're going to get, I, I would imagine, somewhere between 2 and 3 million viewers for those games each. They've been hovering around 2, so I'd say like 2.5. This is a sign. And look, you, whether you work at ESPN or not, if you're in soccer, this is a wonderful sign. People are watching. People are excited. And that's good for me, and that's good for you. We don't have to get scraps off the table from places because you can't deny what is happening. And we've seen it with the rights fees as well rising for La Liga. Wait till the Premier League comes up. Wait till the Premier League comes up and the Champions League as well. So everything is on the up and up with content. So ESPN, good for them. I, I love the folks there. Amy Rosenfeld, Chris Ale- I don't know, Chris Alexopoulos, who's the lead producer, who's fantastic. All the folks at ESPN FC, Steve Polisi, Dan Thomas, who was on the show. Uh, my guy, Herc, of course, who's not really involved in the Euros. He's knee-deep in Mexico in Nigeria at the Rose, at the Coliseum. So uh, I'm happy for them and all those folks. They're really good peeps. And, uh, and then Fox got in with Copa America. And while their coverage has not been as elaborate, they're putting it on free TV, which is great. Because, uh, I mean, I'm watching it on back and forth. You know, because I'm also watching because my guest this week, Stu Holden. Stu Holden. Uh, Fox will be joining us to talk about the Gold Cup, but he's been covering the Copa America. And uh, Stu, I take credit for this because I covered a lot of Stu's games, and we'll talk about it. We already recorded um, um, about this. And uh, when he was playing at the Dynamo, and he was like the third option there. You had Dwayne De Rosario, you had Brian Ching, you had, uh, the names escape me, Wade Barrett, all these guys. And then he was like this young guy in there. And I was, I, I covered so many Houston Dynamo games. And I, I kid you not, I go, man, this kid's really good. Look at the touch he has. So I kept saying that on the broadcast. No one else did. That's why this is the soccer OG. And you get the best coverage out there because it's all in my cranium. And I go, this guy is pretty special. And he was like, you know, you, you, you didn't promote him if you did a Dynamo game. He was like fifth down the pecking order. All of a sudden, he goes to England. He's lights out at Bolton. He uh, he gets on the national team. He makes the World Cup rosters. And then, unfortunately, the injuries. And look, man, I don't care. I know some guys have had horrific injuries. Not many people can compare to what this guy has gone through. I mean, his knees were decimated. And he, actually, when we did the uh, when we did the interview, he was on, I had to get out early because he had to go to the doctor to get scoped. It's like a daily routine. I can't even imagine. So he doesn't know I'm saying that, but it's, and he doesn't want your sympathy, but the guy has gone through so much, but I, 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 I'm glad to call him a friend. He's a good dude. And you're going to enjoy that conversation because he's going to be all over it as well with John Strong and the folks at Fox who also do a nice job 
Um, they need a little more. They need a little more Latinos in their coverage of Copa America. If I could be frank, you need it. Hey, muy blanco, muy blanco. But uh, that's okay. They're getting it up there. The alternative is there's no English broadcast. So there you have it. Uh, some of the soccer Twitter has been really obnoxious, and it's like. Case in point, it's like this arms race to get, and I'm guilty of it too. So, um, Gabriel Jesus kicks this Chilean player in the face, and there's a video of it. So, I post it, and I go, hey, it looks like Hulk Hogan doing the kick before the leg drop to beat Andre in World WrestleMania 3. And uh, and then everyone posts it, and then I think we all have to do it. Uh, everyone who listens, and a lot of the folks who have been on the show already, if we see a video or something already out there, and they did this again with, um, uh, who was it? It was a German club, Duisburg, was it? Or Bochum, one of these German clubs, revealing their schedule. And everyone reposted it. Once you see it out there 10, 15 times, sit that one out. Wait for the next one. I'm going to do that. We should all do it because we're we're saturating the timelines for the, the soccer fans we do have, and they don't need to see the same thing over and over again. And then there's some guys out there, and I don't want to mention any names, all going, oh, I watched this and I watched that. I go, we don't care. You don't get a you don't get a ribbon for watching all these games. Enjoy them. It's bizarre. We need a we need a big pivot. And I hope the soccer OG can help that with the way we cover this sport because uh, it's a cool sport and we're cool people and we've got to make it that. Because it's not cool now. It's very, it's very revenge of the nerds. <laughs> Me too. Hey, the nerds win that one. By the way, I was at a, a gym with Ogre of Revenge of the Nerds. Interesting dude. So uh, we were all watching this, and um, the Euros have been great. The Copa America has not been great, and it's been because it's we might get an Argentina Brazil final, which obviously would be fantastic. And it's good to see Argentina uh, really supporting Messi, and they've looked well under Lionel Scaloni. So I would be thrilled to see Messi win it. I really would. And I've always been critical of his status because he doesn't win these big games. He did it with Barcelona when he had the great opponent, uh, the great teammates, but he hasn't really won it now. So I'd like to see it. Uh, this is weird stuff about the Copa America, you know, the, the, the COVID situation. And the, the latest I heard was the, the clubs of Peñarol, I believe, sent a jet there so they can get the Uruguayan players out so they can play coming up. Uh, I'll be broadcasting some of the games. I think they'll be on BN Sports for the Libertadores, which will start in a couple of weeks, and the Copa Sudamericana. So be on the lookout for that. If you watch everything, if Mr. Cool Guys watch everything, watch that. So uh, it's, they were going to, and by the way, what's up with Uruguay? What a mess. Hey, time for, I don't want anyone to get fired, but Washington Tavares has been there forever. Time for a new coach. Time for some new ideas. That's going to be the country, I think, may not make a World Cup, which is crazy. And if they make a World Cup, it's going to be a bad World Cup for them. And they were quarterfinalists in 2018. They were semifinalists in 2010. They're always in the mix. But there's something amiss as they lose to Colombia. And uh, Chile was proud, but that generation's going to end. They got knocked out by Brazil. And then uh, Paraguay, which I was really impressed by, they hit a... They just went flatline. Obviously, uh, Miguel Almiron being injured. And also uh, the, re the red card to Gabriel Gomez, who to me is arguably the best center back in South America. So, um, Peru is surprised. But, you know, I just, Peru, good. I mean, they made the final in 2019. But I, I just, 
I don't know. I don't know if they have enough talent, but maybe I'm wrong. It hasn't been good to Copa America. And I'm going to talk on my Soccer OG YouTube show how we could f- make a Copa America Gold Cup Tournament of the Americas, which would be sensational. It probably never happens, but I'll tell you how it would be incredible and how it should happen. All right. I'm going to step aside here. We're going to lay down this interview with Stu Holden talking about the 23-man roster for the Gold Cup for the U.S. men. Much more Gold Cup content coming your way. Stoppage time. We'll talk about the Euros. This is the Soccer OG. Subscribe, download, rate, review. Subscribe, download, rate, review. That, that Subscribe, download. Double time it like the Gypsy Kings. That had to be very bad on your ears. I apologize. I'm out. We are back here on the Soccer OG, joined in by a real OG, if no other reason, because he's going to be the busiest OG, who he already is, and heading into this summer. The one and only former U.S. international, the top analyst at Fox, Stu Holden. Hello, Stu. Max, how are you doing, my friend? It is uh, it is wonderful to see you. We go way, way back. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we're soccer OGs in the broadcasting department, you go a lot further than me. I think I'm on year seven. You're on year probably 27, right? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, yeah, I remember. You know what I remember is uh, calling a bunch of Houston Dynamo games. When I was at Fox, I think every other game we did was in Houston. So I just, I knew a lot about Houston. Uh, I knew how the weather was working. I knew when it got really hot, places to eat, places to avoid. And then I got to see a bunch of games with you at Robertson. It was a great time. That place was, was packed. Those were the good times. And honestly, uh, we haven't been or, or done a Dynamo game in a couple of years now. I think the last one I did with Fox was when they were in the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago against Seattle. And I, I miss doing I, I love Houston. It's my hometown. It's my city. But the you know those good old days at Robertson Stadium, man, when that team was back to back champions and packed house, 40,000 people. Uh, Dwayne DeRosario, Brian Ching, you know, just some of the best players this league has seen. And uh, those those were the fun days, my friend, before uh, my knees started to fall apart and the dynamo started to fall apart. <laughs> no, and by the way, there's no one who's had worse uh, injury uh, luck than Stu. And I will say this, I'm not just saying this because you're on here, but when you came on the scene, because you, you didn't arrive as a player like uh, Landon Donovan or someone that said, oh, this guy is, is great. You got to see him. It kind of was a slow burn. Yeah. And then you come, I go, and I'd watch it because I'd watch some Dymo games. I go, this guy's really good. And then yeah, I, I think it's fitting you're having me on to talk some Gold Cup today because <laughs> uh, the, the Gold Cup was my real breakout opportunity in what was a B slash C squad that year in 2009. And I got my it wasn't my first call up, but my first game. And uh, that was kind of the launching off. Uh, point for me because then I went on and was a part of the group in World Cup qualifiers and then went to a World Cup. So, you know, we, we're going to talk about the Gold Cup in a little bit here. But yeah, to, to your point, it wasn't like I wasn't highly heralded from uh, the teenage years. I was always undersized and uh, I think underrated. And uh, I, in many ways, that's where I developed kind of this, uh, you know, I will kick you and run through you type mentality. There you go. I take a little credit because I called that 2009 Gold Cup tournament and I I, I look at this guy. Yep. I take no I I take no credits, Stu. No, you I I love you (laughs) on the calls, man. The the bat my my favorite call of yours is the Benny Fellhaber goal. I mean, what's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite 
call you've ever been a part of. That was, I mean, the games that stick out to me because it was just so crazy. That one, because my emotions just overwhelmed me when I was in the booth because I was next to the uh, the the Mexican, the TV Azteca Televisa commentary. And when they when Mexico scored, they were all celebrating. I looked over and I go, oh, my God, God, I just went blood red. And then when USA scored, I, I hit the glass. I was like, what are you doing? You, you. <laughs> but I, it just it just showed and I just was. I became a fan that in that Beckham uh, Red Bulls game, which was five, four, which we had. no, Yeah. And I rolled in. It was packed. By the way, one thing about that dynamo, this is going to make me feel really old. It's going to make you feel old. Oliver Luck was your GM. Yeah. And then I remember one day I said, hey, I was wanting to introduce myself. And he says, this is my son, (laughs) Andrew, who's like 15 or four. And I met him there and it was Andrew Luck. I had no idea. And years later, I go, oh, I, I put the pieces together. So, yeah, you never know you're going to meet in an MLS game. Indeed, man. Indeed. <laughs> so let, let's talk Gold Cup, because it was you mentioned that wasn't a, an A team for the United States in 2009. They made the final uh, and uh, gave it a great run. This team is not an A side. I got to admit, uh, it was announced at 7 a.m. Pacific time this morning, which is just not cool for us West Coasters. So I, 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 I was, I was kind of, I wasn't kind of, I was nervous to see what it was going to look like based on what happened with the Olympics, where we had a squad that wasn't what we expected and the team that didn't make it. And obviously we have the support and we knew this wasn't going to be this A-list squad that we saw at the nation's league and the world cup qualifying it. And I'm fine with that world cup, world cup qualifying is priority one. Other countries are, are bringing their close to a teams. But it was an interesting mix. Unfortunately, there were so many circumstances like Brendan, uh, not Brendan Aronson, Caden Clark had an appendix situation, which I can empathize with because that happened to me. And that's going to obviously keep you on the uh, sidelines for a bit. Guys like Brian Reynolds, uh, Berhalter, Greg Berhalter mentioned this. He's going to go to Roma and he needs Jose Mourinho to look at him. I understand it all. And I I guess the squad that they came out with is uh, I was – a good there was I was happy with the combination of you need experienced players, obviously, and they have that. And then you brought in a few young players, not a lot. Um, a John Luca Busio at the top of the list, maybe a James Sands. But there was like the guys like Clark, obviously, I mentioned Ricardo Pepe, Kate Cowell, Justin Che did not make it. So just an overall thought from you about it. I, and uh, the prospects for this team, which they're going to be in Kansas City for all three games. So they'll have a they could build something there in the group stages and. Uh, if this team is well-equipped in your eyes. Yeah, I, I guess when uh, I had similar thoughts as you when the, when the roster came out. So f- first of all, I, I think you have to contextualize everything, right? I think there's the, as we do with American soccer, uh, you know, a young player has a run of games and he looks exciting and fun. And we're like, cap him, needs to be on the national team, needs to be playing. You know, you, t- you take a step back <laughs> from true. that and, and you try to realize uh, that the different pieces that Greg Berhalter is plugging together. And, and you do realize, as you said, Max, look, World Cup qualifying is by far and away the most important thing for this team. And for Greg, I think he knows his best 15, 16 guys on his roster. The next part, I think you're seeing guys in the Gold Cup that are going to battle it out to be 16 through 23. And I, I personally still would love to see Cade Cal because I think he could be an X-factor guy that just got something a little bit different. I know Caden Clark had the appendix, but he's on a fantastic season for the Red Bulls. The other guys, you know, uh, Pepe's and Tessman's and Ferreira's, Pomacall's, uh, you know, go down the list. 
a lot of guys with a lot of potential, but like just haven't done it consistently at a high level. And the national team, it's not a, uh, you know, th this isn't a handout free caps type situation. And we, we did have that. I will say that after we didn't qualify for the World Cup that year, two years under Sarakin and, and early Burhalter, it was cap as many guys as we can. Let's see how many guys uh, can contribute and what they're actually like. Um, and then now we're, you, you're really not seeing any of those just, uh, you know, experimental type picks. And that's to me what this Gold Cup is. It's a lot of solid guys, a lot of guys you've seen before, a lot of guys that could be role players for this team going forward. And maybe Daryl DK just blows it up and he becomes the number nine for the U.S. I, I think there's still spots to be won, but very few when you look at this group uh, as far as starting positions. Right. So you're saying like just spots to be won. It's it's pretty cut and dry as to certain guys are going to start. And you mentioned experimental uh, and you, yeah, you can't hand out caps, but you also can't expect guys who haven't been there and done that to just come together. Mm -hmm. And you obviously know more about this because you've gone through this process. You're going to be calling these games for Fox uh, this month. You, I can't believe it's July. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> where is it going? But you can't expect these guys to just come in there. You want them to enjoy the experience, but you can't ex throw them into an important yeah. game. Granted, they'll have a team like Martinique. Maybe they'll play. There's a team to be determined that they should be able to beat that has to qualify still, but you can't throw them in here. If, if you want to have success and I have this quote, Burhalter said, our priority is to win the world cup. We focused on guys who are in form and can help the team win. So you think of Sebastian Legette, you think of he already, I think they already said Walker Zimmerman and miles Robinson are going to be the center back pairing. And I love that. You just lock yeah. it in. And just one less thing to worry about. You know, Legette's going to be in there. Probably Jackson Yule who have been there so frequently, but you need, I mean, I know there's those people that are going to roll their eyes and go, Oh, Sebastian, legit Jackson, where are the, we know that's out there. That's this new fabric. That's part of our game. But if you're going to bring in these kids there, well, it's, yeah. it'd, it'd be folly to think that they can actually hit the ground running. Yeah. You're exactly right. Because the, um, the, the Twitter, Twitter echo chamber would Man. be thrilled. It would be thrilled though. If Greg Berhalter called up a bunch of these fringe guys or just like guy, young players that have talent. And then first game comes around, you struggle against Martinique. Then you struggle against whoever, right? Like then, then the Twitter vacuum attacks on you again and say, Berhalter out, this guy can't win this. So it is about honestly finding a balance of, guys that you legitimately think can contribute come world cup qualifying guys you can put on a roster and it resembles a team uh, guys that look like they played together before understanding of positions. And I think, you know, just looking at the roster right now, what the starting 11 would be, it'll be interesting who starts in goal. My, my guess is maybe Matt Turner. Gets, I hope so. That's the guy I think can get, yeah. gain the most and maybe put some pressure on yeah. Orvath and Stefan. Yeah, so you get Turner, and then the left-back spot seems kind of up for a fight between Vines and Bello. I'd like to see Bello get a run, but those two duking it out. Then you've got Robinson and Zimmerman, really solid pairing of, of guys with a lot of upside. Right back, probably Reggie Cannon. Then you go into the hey, midfield. You, you can got, lock in three of those. You could probably yeah, lock in three sure. of the four defenders. For sure. Midfield, you could probably lock in a few too. Kellen Acosta has been on an excellent run with the national team. Sebastian Legette's Greg Berhalter's kind of go-to guy. And then that third position maybe seems uh, up in the mix of who wants to be in there. Is it going to be uh, Christian Roldan? Is it going to be Eric Williamson, who's having a great season with Portland or Jackson Yule? So he's got a lot of flexibility. So again, Max, you could probably lock in two of the three and then go up to the, uh, the forward part. And my guess is Ariola would start on the right. Daryl DK starts up front with maybe Jossie's artists, or maybe you look at two strikers 
And then uh, you've got some other options as far as potentially Jonathan Lewis or, uh, you know, my guess would be a, a Greg Berhalter will look at two or three, two different formations. Yeah. You'll see a back three and you'll see the four, three, three that you've seen so often with him under his tenure. So it's not a, it doesn't really feel like a B team in a sense. And that you've seen a lot of these guys with the A group over the past year, year and a half. I think that formation thing is interesting because I'm I'm actually quite happy with the lineup. If it, it was if it's we think it's Vines or Bello, and I'm with you. I'd love to see Bello, but Vines has kind of earned uh, a spot there. Zimmerman, Robinson, Cannon, Turner. So we have that. Uh, we mentioned Legit. Uh, you'll hope Busio gets a, a few minutes, but that midfield overall, and you mentioned Roldan Williamson. It's good. It's experienced. Uh, if they do the three five two, maybe you have DK. And uh, somebody like Hoppy or, or Zardes. I don't know. I don't know if you can play yeah. those two. The, the wingers I'm a little worried about because that's when this, the A team feels like that's a real strength with Reina. I think you could call that Brendan Aronson. Even Pulisic can play a little bit out there. It's, it's, it's a part that's going to really make other opponents fear the U.S. When I, I, when I, Paul Ariola, I think is great, but he's had his injury concerns this year. Uh, Jonathan Lewis, inconsistent, um, inconsistent was on that Olympic team, obviously didn't get a good taste in his mouth from that. And uh, I think those are the guys I I, I would imagine maybe a guy like Hoppy or, or Giacchini. I think you can see see Roldan out there too. He's, you know, very, he he plays all over for the Seattle Sounders. You can see him as that right winger tucking in and you could have a Reggie Cannon running, you know, playing as a high winger on that hand, that side. So I think, you know, he does have some pieces, like you said, that are uh, flexible, but then you've got your out-and-out wingers like Lewis and Ariola that will be the two kind of speedsters on the side if that's the way that you want to play. And that, that's why I think looking at this roster a little deeper, you, you've got an opportunity to play in a number of different ways when it comes to uh, your your fullbacks and your, your wingers that can play wide and also play inside uh, in the half space. It's a, it could be a very industrious team, and I think that could provide some success with that experience because you're going to need it. I, I I don't envy Greg Berhalter. He had a 59-man squad, and he had to trim it to, to 23. You know, no That's Josie, of, by the way. No, no Josie Altidore on there. Josie Altidore yeah, was on and the he preliminary was, list, and I think it's the right call. I was actually even surprised to see Josie on the preliminary list. This guy who's been frozen out by Toronto FC and Chris Armas, uh, he hasn't played consistent minutes now in a number of months. His last season, it was a stop-start injury hit season once again for Josie Altidore. And as far as the striker depth, Max, I mean, he's he's way down there at the moment. And uh, I think he's he's out of the picture when you're thinking about the World Cup. And he would have to do a lot to change my mind to be back in and qualifying and back in uh, in the spring uh, heading into next year. He's uh, I, mean, I think this would have been his last uh, South uh, solve to get across and make a case for himself yeah. to be on there. Now I think he's really down there and they kind of severed the ties to the, the last cycle, the 2017 U S cycle, the only Brian Guzan though, still, yeah. he's like the last one kind of, it's interesting what he must've done. And uh, to hear, I, I didn't hear anyone bring it up, bring that up, but it's, there was that Tim, Tim Ream. I think you look at the guys who were on the field at Cuba and, uh, there is still a connection. Obviously, Sebastian Legette, there is some ties there. Kellen Acosta still making it. But those guys are younger squads. But that older group has – we're always curious to see how they would transition, where they would have a role. And we haven't seen Michael Bradley, and clearly we're not going to see him. And now I think the same for 
Josie, but you, you, Brad Guzan's like that that last connection, and he's not here to make numbers. I don't think. Yeah, no, and I'm interested in Bradley. I I don't know if he's for sure done come the fall. Uh, it didn't. It wouldn't make sense to bring him to a Gold Cup. It wouldn't make sense to you know, have him in, in these, in the nation's league, uh, he's maybe on the fringe, but honestly, he's probably on the way out, but I could still see him, his experience, his leadership, his understanding of world cup qualifying that, you know, if he, he has to be playing well with Toronto, that that's a must to even be remotely involved. And that team's struggling right now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Josie feels out. It, it didn't feel to me going back to 2018 to just say, any you know these this older group you're done uh it, it felt important to still have josie mentoring guys still having michael bradley still having brad guzan in the mix and look if zach stefan can't stay healthy um and he's had a lot of knee issues in the past couple of years it, you know it ended up being a success for him last season at city but this next year is the big year for him to say if it, i mean burr wants him to have the number one shirt i think we all understand that but in order to have that number one shirt, A, you have to be playing, B, you have to be playing well, and C, you have to be healthy. So who's the next goalkeeper there? Is it Horvath? Is it Turner? Is it Guzan? That, that's going to be another storyline that kind of plays out this next six months as well. So there's, you know, I think we could pick, Max, you and I would be pretty similar if we picked our starting 11 for the A team for World Cup qualifying. But I think there's still one or two spots that we might be different. And those are the spots that are really up for grabs this next two, two and a half months. Let me ask you this, because I've brought it up many times on here and uh, not being the starting goalkeeper for your club makes it very difficult to be the starting goalkeeper for the national team. Zach Steffen plays for Man City. He's not the starting coach uh, for his team. I will say uh, the Swedish goalkeeper Olsen is the backup at Everton, but he played on the Euros. He played pretty well. So there's outliers. But if you were a coach, would how much of a concern would that be if your number one goalkeeper doesn't play every day? So when uh, Zach Steffen, when it came out that he was signing for Manchester, well, it was going to stay with Manchester City, He'd been signed there for a year. I, I did not like it. Uh, this was pre-COVID. So uh, I, I did not like it. I didn't think it was the right move for uh, for a younger guy who had a, a good season on loan and Fortuna Dusseldorf was, was getting significant minutes, was getting tested. Uh, was getting a lot of shots coming his way. And you saw his growth as a, as a goalkeeper going to man city as a two, I get it. You're, you're behind one of the best goalies in the world. You're probably not going to play a lot, but uh, Pep Guardiola made it clear. You're going to play cup games. You learn a lot from Pep. I, I, I get that. that that's a, that's a really good experience. And, and as it's now a year later, a year and a half later, it's looked, it, it's been a really great experience for Stefan and, and I'll eat my words a little bit, you know, going back to them, but that, I got to, I got to give myself some credit in that. Like it, it wasn't necessarily fair because nobody knew what was coming next. Um, but in saying that I, I wouldn't want Zach Steffen to have another year of that heading into a world cup. Cause I think he's Agreed. a younger goalkeeper. This isn't a, an Olsen who's played hundreds of games at the club level. Claudio Bravo played hundreds of games at the club level. So uh, yeah, I mean, they know what they get. He's the, he's a seasoned goalkeeper is going to be the starter for Chile. So there's, there are examples of guys that are backups that are their number ones. Uh, Sergio Romero for a long time with Argentina was at Manchester United as a backup, but that's not Zach Stefan. He's still a young goalkeeper and you still yeah. see some of the unexperienced from him in big games. You know, he, he, uh, he was bailed out by Josh Sargent in the nation's league final, but comes flapping out at a cross and gets nowhere near it. Now, I'm not saying that's only because he wasn't starting regularly, but I do think if Zach Steffen, if you're saying he's your number one goalkeeper for this men's national team, next year he has to be playing regularly. He cannot be a backup goalkeeper. I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't feel comfortable with that if I was the U.S. men's national team head coach. Very well said. And I think there's been enough of those episodes, like you mentioned, the, the sergeant save that tells me if you play regularly and we can't qualify this. I know we can't or quantify this. Uh, but I think those things get minimized if you're playing regularly because you're obviously seeing a lot more in your body. And I'm, I'm not a goalkeeper. I couldn't tell you. I just assume that's the way the world works. That's the way the world works. Yeah. Uh, this U.S. team. And, and I think it's a good point that we look at this squad and we can pretty much pick close to a starting 11, whether you or me or, or, or the man on the street who's, who kind of knows this, the U.S. men's team. And that's a good feeling. And there's not too many yeah. surprises. So I think that equips this U.S. team with the, the ability to be successful. Now, uh, as we touched on at the beginning, many other countries, and we'll see how it plays out when they put all these games on the shoulders. I mean, these Mexican players, Tecatito and uh, Lainez played again last night and a bunch of other players that you would imagine would be part of qualifying. Uh, Tecatito and also Chucky is going to be around. Uh, Memo Ochoa. We'll see what that means to these guys when September rolls around, how they look fresh. Maybe the U.S. get an edge by that. Time will tell. Um, but uh, the U.S. are going to obviously play with an alternate team that they'll play with in, in World Cup qualifying. Canada's going to be close to fully stocked and they are in the group with the U S and that's pretty significant because if say the U S stub their toe against Canada, that'll, yeah. that'll set up a semifinal with Mexico in all likelihood, which kind of puts the whole tournament out of whack because you, everyone wants to see the final. In, are you excited about a game yeah, in Las but, Vegas, by the way? Oh my <laughs> gosh. On my birthday, nonetheless, uh, I'm going to stop you quickly because with uh, uh, regards to the U S Mexico. So it's a really important point. This gold cup is, could be the first time, you know, the U.S. and Mexico weren't necessarily placed to play in the final and that it yeah. was a draw. Um, I in 2009, we uh, were losing to Haiti in the final That's right. final game of the group stage. And I scored a 94th minute uh, win, a tying goal to tie Haiti, which, you know, wasn't necessarily an achievement for us at the time. And because Haiti weren't actually as good as they are now, they've gotten a lot better. Um, and I'll never forget after the game, I'm in the, the mix zone doing my interviews and a CONCACAF official comes up to me and he's like, he's like, Hey, thanks so much, man. Like, we were sweating there that like we weren't going to get us Mexico in the final. And that like, you guys were going to be on the same side of the bracket and you would have played them in the quarterfinals. And that would have just been, you know, a travesty for us. And I'll, I'll never forget it because it was all about getting that you know, U.S.-Mexico final. And actually, there haven't been that many U.S.-Mexico finals if you look at the Gold no. Cup the last... Jamaica's uh, been wrecking five, it yeah, the last Jamaica's couple been, times. Yeah, they have. Jamaica snuck in there a few times and U.S. didn't make it uh, one time. And then uh, the, the last one was U.S.-Mexico, but they lost in Soldier Field and Mexico won that one, which was a crazy game too. But we see how important that is. Uh, we saw it in the Nations League where people went bonkers. It could not have gone any better. And yeah. you're like, we're an inch away from that not happening. And I always worry if these things don't happen, uh, I'm all about this domino effect to where the U.S. by the time, this is my master plan, Stu. You may think I'm a crazy person. Picking up a but, master plan. <laughs> Jeff with the record. Uh, that in 2026, if everything falls into place, the U.S. have a good World Cup, then U.S. is soccer is well into the bloodstream here. It's a major sport. Everyone's playing it. TV ratings are through the roof. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, part of that is getting these Mexico games. So I know we can't get them all the time. I will say. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. And in Las Vegas, 
Oh my God. If we have a, uh, as Fox sport analyst here, if we have a U.S. Mexico final in Allegiant stadium in Vegas on my birthday, there will be total chaos ensuing uh, the following evening and probably day. (laughs) Be like one of those UFC fighters who go, Hey, before the game, I'll be having a, uh, I'll be having a party over at Wet Republic, so check it out, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> march over to the stadium. Yeah, you'd have Pulisic <laughs> and McKenney flying in for the pool party and you know, <laughs> in the VIP box or something. How'd you get here? We were on Steve Aoki's jet. He just flew in from Ibiza, <laughs> so we're all good. <laughs> hey, I guess, hey, hey Max, if, if soccer heads the way that you're talking about there, and we you know, we all hope that's the case, right? If, if There will be a reckoning moment for soccer if we don't by 2026, but... If we do, that's actually not out of the realm of possibility that like the big stars for the U.S. team are rolling in on PJs with like the biggest celebrities in the United States. Like what a world that is. Right. Sign me up for that, by the way. Yeah. And think about you. You're like, here we are at the Fox Studios and there's Weston McKinney getting off on his, his jet yeah. and he's with Hanging Rory McIlroy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Little Wayne and Travis Little- Scott rolling in with McKinney and Pulisic. <laughs> That would put soccer through the roof because it's all about the athletes. And, you know, the kids are going to look at it just the way they have athletes from the NBA and NBA in particular, where they set the, the tenor for everything, fashion and sports. It's it's very possibility. I, I got sidetracked, but to maybe not face USA Mexico, I would say if we at least get USA Mexico in the semifinal, it's better than not getting USA Mexico. There are some uh, there are some. Definitely uh, landmines along the way. And Canada could definitely beat the U.S. I still like this U.S. team's chances against a Canadian team that doesn't have that depth. So looking, how do you see the prospects of the U.S.? I'm going to say they get to a final and lose to Mexico. I think they get by Canada and they find a way. Uh, and I think that'd be a great result for this team. Uh, people would never be satisfied. But how how do you see this squad? I know it's it's we've just learned the roster and, the roster may change. There might be some additions along the way, but how do you see this 23 man squad's chances in the gold cup? The final should be the minimum expectation, honestly, for, uh, for the United States every, every time going in. And, and I would say they should expect to win it every time or, or be in competition to win it with Mexico. I mean, that that's, that's how it is. If Mexico, and uh, I haven't got a chance to pull up Mexico's roster here, but I, I understand it's the A team and, you know, very close to it. Yeah. Very close to that. You know, Guardado just went down with an injury before, but th- this Mexican team, it would be a failure for them not to beat this U S team because this is not the U S a team. Um, how much and, pressure does that ramp on them? A fair bit. I would yeah, imagine it, it will, but in, in many ways, I think it will be tough for this U.S. team to beat that Mexican A team in, in a final. But, you know, I, I think there's some psychology there from the, the Nations League, even though it's not the same guys. I think the U.S. guys that were watching that game or a part of that game understood what it take, took to beat Mexico. It's not just, you know, possession and 4-3-3 and half spaces and overloads. No, it's about competing. And I think Mexico will understand coming in this game. Oh man, with this next group, they know what it takes. They're going to fight. This isn't going to be an easy game. So, you know, going into a one-off, I think there's a chance for the U S team. Canada is the other team that I think could make some noise and they they've been growing every single year. They've got the standout guy is uh, Alfonso Davies. Uh, Jonathan David's a very talented striker playing over in Europe. Um, Piet, they have some experience. Mark Anthony K who you see with LAFC every week who hasn't been great for Canada. So maybe an opportunity for him to, you know, really uh, stake his claim. And then they get Iowa Canola, 
who was either U.S. or Canada and really hasn't taken kind of that next step uh, that I think many were expecting. And he's committed to Canada, so good luck to him. And we'll see if he can prove to be a, you know, a, a force for them up front and probably is a better fit as far as I don't think he would have broken into that A group for the U.S. for a while. And, and, and that's not saying uh, he's not a good player. He is a very good player, but I think we're not sure what we're going to get from him yet. It's going to be it's going to be a great run. But I meant to also ask you this earlier, players that could make the most of this experience. And we kind of touched on it. Uh, Daryl DK, obviously someone who could seize that, get three or four goals in the tournament and say, all right, that's maybe that's a headache we've taken away. And I, and I think Matt Turner, we've touched on as well. If he could if he is the number one, I don't think that's guaranteed. I hope it is could be the guy that says I'm going to put pressure on this, the goalkeeper situation. And maybe a guy like George Bello, who says yeah. who claims that left back spot. I think there's a few that I'm looking at that have a lot to gain here and, and big opportunity and anybody at striker, by the way, because we don't have a number nine, you know, it's, it's Josh Sargent. It's yeah, Zardes. It's, uh, you know, guys we've, we've seen before. Um, Ca uh, Batu was in the nation's league, but look, uh, Hoppy has an opportunity to, to leave an impression. Giochini now back in uh, after scoring a ton of goals in France, Jossie Zardes. I think, you know what you get from him. And then in the midfield, guys that I think could make uh, a lot of noise and and work their way. And Eric Williamson's going to get his first cap. Was left off the Olympic roster. Everybody, I think, uh, he's going to be hot. Huh? Recognizes that's a mistake <laughs> in in retro uh, in retrospect. And then in in defense, I think there's still a, a spot there for center back. Aaron Long's out with an Achilles. I, I don't think anybody really knows who's going to be John Brooks's full time partner back there. Um, Zimmerman's got. More to gain again, back in the mix, Miles Robinson as well. And then as a fullback, uh, Reggie Cannon's got a log jam all of a sudden at right back when you, you think about Yedlin, Dest, Cannon, Reynolds. Uh, so th there's a lot of names there. I think Cannon would, would he had a fantastic Gold Cup in 2019. It was his breakout tournament that got him in the picture. So can he go on from that experience and prove to be a leader for this team is another one. Good use of the word log jam. I could just picture yeah. you as a, a, a in a Canadian logging factory, rolling some logs, putting well, we them got up. Dust, we got the desk log. We got the, you know. <laughs> Cut that. Yeah, how do we yeah, chop it in half? <laughs> chop it in half. I'm going to roll it over with my feet. Yeah, we're good. Um, Stu Holden of Fox Sports joining us here to break down the Gold Cup. I appreciate you, my friend. I know you probably had you had, you had a chance to put on the kilt and cheer on Scotland. For the yeah, Euros, I, did you drop I a flower was, of Scotland with uh, with you in on one of those oh, games? Flower of Scotland. Scotland. I learned this. When will we see your likes again? Again. You know, it was um. I had Scotland hadn't been in a major tournament since '98. I was uh 13 years old at that time. So, I, and, and look, I'm I'm fully American at this point, but I'll never forget my Scottish heritage and where I was born. And it was it was cool to watch them play. And uh, I went to a couple bars with some Scottish friends, and we you know we we dressed up and put on the like CU Jimmy wigs and tons of tartan and kilts. And, you know, to, to even have a draw with England, I think is the highlight of that tournament for them. And it was a letdown in the end, losing to Croatia, but the, the genius of Modric with an outside of the boot in the top bin uh, it, it was, I think false premises for Scots that like maybe got carried away in the moment and thought we could do this. And then recognize at the end again, that this is Scottish football. It hasn't been good for a long time. And just, 
you know, happy to be there. Uh, the, the Scottish football. And that wasn't what anybody wanted to say before, but like after no. the tournament, <laughs> we were happy to be there. You know, it was a, what, what a wonderful experience for Scotland. Uh, and good for you that you got to get out with family and friends and cheer that. That is Indeed. good for the soul, my friend. That's where uh, all those experiences came together. My daughter wore a jersey that I had when I was six years old. I saw that. Cool, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful stuff. And the, who knows? Maybe back, maybe not the World Cup, but maybe Euro 2024. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. We're just only three years away. Maybe. <laughs> hey, Stuart. Yeah, that's I crazy. I know. Yeah, I, thanks, I, I appreciate hey, you, know, you man. When I, when I saw your name pop up and we texted, I was like, oh, I love Max. I love Max. Anytime I, I hear from you, buddy. So, you've, been, uh, you've been first class and it's been so great to see you uh, go from strength to strength into your this next career and do so tremendously. Very proud of you. I call, I, I'm very proud to call you a friend as well. And thank you for jumping on here with me. Thanks, buddy. All right. All the best. Stu Holden here on the Soccer OG. We'll be back with Stoppage Time. Okay. This is Stoppage Time on the Soccer OG. Do I say that too much? It's all about branding. I was told at a very early age. So we're going to, I want to thank Eric and Keith, and I hope to get them back. Uh, I got a great feedback. Those two guys are amazing, and I'm fortunate to be able to collaborate with them here. A lot more of both those gentlemen. And look, I'm, I'm, I got some great guests coming up. I've reached out to some people that I, I haven't heard back from, but I'm excited about the possibility. And maybe there'll be a day, it'll be like Rogan. Everyone's like, I, can I get on your show? That's the plan. That is the plan. And you, the listeners could say I was here from the beginning. That carries weight. And I'll get the merchandise to you for free. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Okay, the uh, Euros are down to the semifinals. And uh, I would say this as an overhead comment, an overall comment. Major competitions, the World Cup, the Euros, I, I'll put, I won't include the Copa America here for now. Uh, just because there's a lot of flaws with it these days. Major competitions. You never get the best four teams in the semifinals. Some sides out of the bracket get a little bit strange. Some teams uh, are in the same group. So you rarely get that. And it's uh, that's part of the appeal that sometimes you'll have a semifinal like the USA 94, where you had Bulgaria and Sweden in there. I loved it. But deep down, as much as I like the surprise results, you want the best teams at the end because you want good semifinals. And I think we're going to get that. Uh, they, uh, the teams that are playing the best right now, the four teams that have played the best, and I know this sounds silly because you would say, well, they're in the semifinals, but it doesn't always operate that way. Last Euros, Portugal wasn't one of the best teams. They managed to get in there, right? They didn't win a game until the very end. They're not one of the best teams. They navigated that competition. Wales? No. We had Iceland with the surprise. That tournament got knocked out of whack, but I will say it was one of my favorite Euros. It was fantastic. Euro 2012, where you had Italy and Spain there at the final. That one was a little bit closer to the best four teams. So definitely here, uh, no one's playing better than Italy. Spain, despite the early loss to Sweden, where they played good, they just couldn't get a goal, have gotten better and better. And then they're blowing people out, although the Croatia game kind of got away from them. Uh... They were stretched by the Swiss, obviously, and responded in a big way. I mean, everyone thought, I thought, oh, they're going to penalties. Switzerland's going through. Jan Sommer has got uh, a wingspan of Shaquille O'Neal. There's no way they're going to beat him. Unai Simon clearly, look, 
when you have Switzerland played the round of 16 and knocked out France, they went to a penalty shootout. If you, this should be the rule of thumb. If you are a team and you, you're facing a team that went to penalty shootout and you're playing them and you're getting close to the penalty shootout, go to the penalty shootout because you have intel that is second to none. Unai Simon, the goalkeeper of Spain, clearly did his homework. And the Swiss players kind of went the same direction they did. It was the same guys. And they missed their penalties, which they didn't miss against. None of them missed them against French, the French. So that was a revelation for me. I should have known this a lot sooner. So it, coaches will probably say it. We've got the intel. We know what they're going to do. We're going to beat them in penalties. And Spain did that. Denmark, uh, after the close to disaster uh, tragedy with Christian Eriksen, Uh, Images that are still embedded in my head, and I'm sure they're still in yours, and they won't leave anytime soon. Um, Lose to Finland in that game, and again, it shouldn't have been concluded. And then they have just turned it on. I mean, I will say I I didn't watch the game against the Czech Republic live. I watched it late last night because I am a complete loser. When I saw the scoreline, I go, listen, that looks like a comfortable win for Denmark after they beat the Welsh. I watched that the Czechs had a real shot. The Czechs, again, proved that they will be remembered from this tournament. Uh, it just didn't fall their way. They, they fell behind two goals. One goal, should, I don't think that corner kick should have been a goal because it wasn't a corner kick. It should have been a goal kick. What can you do? Those things do happen. Uh, I do, by the way, I like the sports where everything's not reviewed and everything's perfect. We like the imperfections. It gives us something to talk about. You take that away, I probably can't have this program. So the Czechs really pushed the Danes, but the Danes have been playing well overall overall, and look the part. And then you have England, who didn't really look great early on, but absolutely dismantled Ukraine. And the way they came out in the second half, and I know it's Ukraine. They were up a goal, and Ukraine were pushing them. And you, I, I think I tweeted at the time, uh, England's going to need another goal because Ukraine are going to score. Well, Ukraine didn't score. And Garrett Southgate... Played the right 11, and they came out in the second half and just destroyed Ukraine. It was the maybe the most impressive 45 minutes of the tournament. And England, all of a sudden, to me, are the favorites. I <laughs> oh no. Life's I'm happy that if England wins it, because there's a lot of people in our country that uh, are not from here and go, oh, yes, USA, USA, that, you know, and then when England wins it, we'll see where their true colors are. We'll see where their true colors are. Because honestly, you can only support one national team. You can enjoy teams and pull for them, but you can't be a flag-waving member of more than one country. Right? Right. This, I mean, land of your fathers, because there's always a chance you're going to play each other. Yeah, but what if my my parents are Cuban, so I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> By the way, Cuba... <sighs> Uh, they were on their way to Fort Lauderdale. They had visa issues, could not come for the Gold Cup qualifiers. They are out. It just makes me sick. But COVID continues to just play all sorts of horrible tricks and on this sport. But we, we got to grin and bear it, I'm afraid. But, um, you know, you, if, you're, if you're American and your, kid, your dad's from Mexico or your dad's from England or Germany, you can't go pull Germany because what happens when those two play each other? All right? So, there, I get off my soapbox. I'm letting it all out. And again, this is why the Soccer OG is the best. I'm not affiliated with a network anymore. I can say whatever I want. 
I will speak the gospel. That is tabernacle, baby. And, um, but England, getting back to them, they have an incredible record at home. I think they've lost, let me see if I can find it. Um, both semifinals will be in, uh, at Wembley. England is undefeated in their last 15 at Wembley in Euros or World Cup. Last 15 games. They're going to have a big crowd. They are hitting their spots. They haven't really been tested in the knockouts. The Germany win was pretty comfortable, as was the Ukraine win. And they have the best bench. They will. The Danes, to me, look like they're running out of steam. So I think they're catching them at the right time. And then Italy and Spain, that's a bit of a toss-up. I still think Italy wins. I would imagine it could be an Italy-England final. And then at Wembley, this young Italy team... England's, you know, they're by and large an experienced squad, certainly in comparison to this Italian team. The one thing I'd worry about England is they're not playing at fifth gear. They're playing like in third gear, but it's working for them. But they, they, they're going to have to play at pace against Denmark and certainly against Italy or Spain. And it, what will that change at pace do to the squad? It's, it, could, it could cause them problems. But, you know, everyone's saying it's coming home. And by the way, it's not coming home. England's never won the Euros. Football's coming home. Get out of here. You could say that about the World Cup. It's coming home. But it does sound good. It's a good catchphrase, so I'll let them have it. So all of us in the United States and around the world get ready for a, a big serving of humble pie, possibly. And this England team's not going anywhere. They're going to be a quarterfinalist or better in the next World Cup, in the next Euro, at the next World Cup. Because they are seamlessly bringing in the young players. They're doing an incredible job. And they have the best young talent other than France in the world. I would say Portugal, but I don't say that now. England has the best young talent other than the French. So get used to it. Appreciate it. They're actually, I am actually pulling for this England team. They're a likable group. They're funny. Uh, they play well. They, uh, they, we see them all the time when the Premier League. So you have that access to them. And, uh, you know, I'm a West Ham fan. I got Declan Rice in there. So it's a, it's a likable squad. And, I, you know, maybe this, 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 uh, this England celebration, is a bit, we oversell it a bit. And it won't be bad. And then actually we'll see these England fans emotional and introspective and say what it meant. So it's probably good for the sport. And an England-Italy final. Hello, ESPN. Rake it in. We want the best final because we want the ratings to come in to show the rest of the world that soccer delivers. And we get a bigger piece of the pie at the table. As for, I think we went through the, the quarterfinals. I, I think we really spin it forward here. As for the Copa America, I'm hoping for Argentina, Brazil. I think we are going to get it. Colombia could be problematic for Argentina, although uh, they've been doing much better. And uh, in the last two games, comfortable against Ecuador. Very proud for Ecuador. Chiqui Palacios of LAFC started that game. He started the last two games for Ecuador. That's all the time for now. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Get out there and spend it with your family. The Soccer OG. Do I sing the song again? No. Subscribe, download, rate, review. We'll see you next week. We'll be full into Gold Cup mode. And then check out the Soccer OG on YouTube. Max Bretos. Placido Domingo. 